Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is Ace Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. This episode of Green and Gold History is presented by New Era. New Era Cap is proud to be the official cap of your Oakland athletics. Next time you visit the Coliseum, be sure to drop by the New Era Cap stand and pick up your A's New Era Authentic Collection Cap. Remember, you can always visit us at neweracap.com to shop our latest selection, including our limited edition and exclusive drops. New Era Cap, the official on-field cap of Major League Baseball. Hi again, everyone. Vince Catronio as we continue the countdown on the top 50 greatest games in Oakland history. At number 35 is game number 18 of the streak from 2002. Number 34, Jose Canseco becomes the inaugural member of the 40-40 club. At number 33, Chris Davis with a magical three-homer night against the Texas Rangers. Number 32 was game number 160 in the magical 2012 season. And number 31, the element of surprise, game one of the 2003 ALDS between the A's and the Red Sox. Enjoy this countdown as we continue all the way through down to number one. You can hear all the current shows that have been played on AceCast on athletics.com slash AceCast. But for now, let's continue the countdown. As we move our way through the top 50 games in Oakland history, you knew the greatest stretch of regular season baseball in A's history would find its way on our list. And this won't be the last time either. 20 snapshots of winning baseball, ups and downs, home and road, that captured the imagination and hearts of green and gold fans. September 1st, 2002, Tejada's day to shine on the streak is number 35 on our countdown. August 13th versus Toronto was when it all began and continued through the end of a torrid 24-4 month of August. The A's had won 17 straight, the most recent victory behind four RBIs from Eric Chavez against Minnesota. Now the calendar turned to September and Mark Mulder was facing Joe Mays. A Sunday afternoon crowd only interested in extending the streak got an entertaining jolt from Miguel in the third inning. Mays delivers, and Tejada hits it to left field, and he hits it well. Going back is Moore. He's at the wall. He's looking up. Gone! Home run, Miguel Tejada. A two-run shot, putting the A's ahead 2-0 here in the bottom of the third inning. The combination of a good swing and a very good day to hit. Home run number 29 for Tejada. RBIs 111 and 112. 
Remember, while the A's of 2002 won 103 regular season games, the Twins were on their way to the AL Central crown under first-year manager Ron Gardenhire. So the A's had a fight on their hands, and their heartbeat, center fielder Torrey Hunter, got them back in it. Torrey Hunter hits a five-ball to right, back on it is die, still going back, nearing the track, looking up, and it is gone! And just like that, Torrey Hunter goes to dead right field and ties the ball game with his 27th home run. A line drive that just got over the wall. On an 0-1 pitch, Torrey Hunter goes the other way. That ties his career high. Torrey Hunter, number 27. And RBIs, 84 and 85. Of course, everyone recalls the Moneyball movie and the Scott Hatterberg angle, which will come up much later on this list. But the under-the-radar move of the season might have been the acquisition of John Mabry in late May from the Phillies. This part-time player gave the A's some full-time production, like in the bottom of the sixth inning. He's working quickly, and Mabry sends a drive to left field. Moore going back on it. Moore's looking up, and it is gone! Into the bleachers in left field. The A's answer back. John Mabry goes the other way, and it's 3-2 to two Athletics. Number nine for John Mabry the other way on a 2-1 pitch. It was one of four home runs Mabry would hit during the streak, and Oakland wasn't done in the sixth with Ray Durham at the plate. 1-1 pitch on the way. Line drive, right field, base hit. Ellis around third, up with the ball, Kadire. Here's the throw to the plate. It's cut off by Mitkiewicz. The run scores, and Durham tries to get back to first, but he's tagged out by Mitkiewicz. But the run scores, and Ray Durham's huge series continues. A single to right, driving in Mark Ellis. And then uh, Durham is out 9-3 on the play back to the infield. But on that base hit, it caps a two-run bottom of the sixth inning for the A's. And after six, it's the A's four and Minnesota two. It appeared the package was ready to be delivered in the top of the ninth inning with Mulder still pitching, but the Twins weren't interested. First, Matthew Lecoy homered off of Mulder. Then came Corey Cosby to stun the crowd of 37,000. The 1-1 on the way. Mulder fires a swing and a drive to left. Burns going back, turning around, hit the track, looking up, and it is off the out-of-town scoreboard, and it got over the scoreboard on the ledge for a home run. Over the out-of-town scoreboard, up on the ledge the other way, and the Twins have tied it up. Back-to-back home runs in the ninth inning. And suddenly, any talk of the winning streak being extended will have to be put aside for the time being. Mulder was done, and Billy Koch was summoned into a tie game. Two quick outs for the A's closer, but then Michael Kadire delivered maybe the final blow to the winning streak. And Michael Kadire, it's a fly ball to left center, way back. Burns looking up, and it's gone. Way back in the bleachers. The Minnesota Twins, three home runs in the ninth inning. They've come back off the deck, and they've taken a 5-4 to four lead. On the first pitch he sees from Koch, Mike Kadire. It's his third homer this year in the big leagues. The Twins sent veteran lefty Eddie Gardado to the mound to close it out, but he got in trouble with the Ramon Hernandez walk and a Ray Durham single. One out later, Miguel Tejada came to the plate to do something that had not happened yet in the streak. And this all but dried the ink on his MVP season. Randy Velarde at second, Ray Durham at first, one out in the bottom of the ninth. And Gardado deals. And it's a drive to left field deep. Jones going back. Looking up. It is gone. It's gone. Tahana wins it. Do you believe it? 18 wins in a row. I don't know that there's a whole lot more than I can say. Because what you're hearing 
is all that needs to be said. Absolute, complete, and total bedlam at the Oakland Coliseum. Is that an MVP statement by Miguel Tejada? A three-run home run on a one-two pitch from everyday Eddie Gardano. Into the bleachers in left field. The A's get off the deck. After the Twins, with three solo shots in the top of the ninth, had taken a 5-4 lead. And that three-run shot with one out and two on in the ninth inning gives the A's a 7-5 win over Minnesota. And a curtain call for Tejada. A walk-off for consecutive win number 18, and just the first in a trilogy of fantastic finishes still to come. September 1st, 2002, Tejada's walk-off to extend the winning streak to 18 is game number 35 in our Top 50 Countdown. If I just take consistency, use my ability, and then go into the slumps, then I can make the 40-40 club. What I didn't realize is that there are no members in the 40-40 club, so I sort of just laughed at that. He was one of the most dynamic and polarizing figures in Oakland and baseball history. But make no mistake, Jose Canseco's 1988 season achieved a milestone not yet touched by anyone in the history of the game, combining speed and power. 40 stolen bases and 40 home runs in the same season by one person is something that had never been achieved. The culmination of this moment happened on September 23, 1988, and that is game number 34 on our top 50 greatest games in Oakland history. Now we'll take the journey through the course of that campaign. Canseco was the 1986 AL Rookie of the Year, beginning a three-year stranglehold on the award in the East Bay in 1986, and had back-to-back 30 home run and 100 RBI seasons before the magical run to history. And 31 career steals, which was good speed for a big man, but not necessarily over the top. By June 30th, he had 21 steals, and on July 3rd in Toronto, he did something that was already established in his game. By July 31st, he had 30 home runs, and the next leg in the chase for 40-40 took place on August 6th versus Seattle, and the player and the manager reflected on a goal now coming into clearer focus. So the ninth when Canseco got on in the fielder's choice, then became Oakland's first ever 30-30 man as he steals his 30th there. He eventually moved over to third base on an errant pickoff throw. For really, uh, my stolen bases, basically I just don't go out there and try to throw so second and third in any time in the game. Basically, it's just it's late in the game and then screw the situation. It's a realistic goal. I mean, basically, we have 50-some odd games. I need nine home runs and 10 stolen bases, so it's a realistic goal. And just being a part of it and watching him uh, get to 30-30, and just like today, when you stop and consider, like I think puts the icing on the cake, may even bake the whole cake. And you think about what Jose's, where his 30 home runs have come, where his 30 stolen bases have come, time after time after time, they've come right in the middle of a winning rally, or the rally that made the difference. So, uh, uh, in this case, you know, numbers mean an awful lot to where we understand it. Of course, nothing was guaranteed for Jose, but he kept on going, and the home runs kept pace on September 3rd versus the New York Yankees. 34 homers, 101 RBIs. 4-2 to two Yankees on top. Nobody out. Javier at second, Henderson at first. That one is it deep in the right field. Winfield going back at the track. It's out of here. Home run for Canseco, and Oakland leads it 5-4. to four. 
was a pennant race, too, as the A's were chasing October baseball for the first time since the strike-shortened 1981 campaign. And on September 18th against the Royals, Canseco took care of half of the prize. Here's a high drive. That might be number 40. It's on the way, and there she goes! Number 40 for Jose Canseco. stage was set, Oakland versus Milwaukee on the road, and left-hander Juan Nieves pitching for the Brew Crew. Jose didn't waste any time singling in the first and stealing number 39. He led off the fifth inning with a surprising bunt single, and with Mark McGuire at the plate, Conseco sprinted into history. He's leaning a little bit right now. He's running. the original member of an exclusive club that still only includes Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and Alfonso Soriano over three decades later. The original in more ways than one, Jose Canseco, baseball's first 40-40 man, and it happened on September 23, 1988, game number 34 on our top 50 list. Ever since the Bambino changed the game, the desire for power at the plate has been an ongoing quest for decades. And for the Oakland franchise, they've had their share of sluggers, including Reggie, Big Mac, Jose, and Jason Giambi. But when the A's acquired Chris Davis, as the 2016 spring training was getting underway, he joined that power bunch in a big way. And on May 17, 2016, an unforgettable display of power in the clutch made that game versus Texas number 33 on our top 50 list. KD hit 27 home runs the previous year with Milwaukee, with 21 in the second half after recovering from a knee injury. At the time, it cost the A's just two minor leaguers to bring him to the American League. Maybe a new team or a new league, it took Chris 14 games to connect on his first A's home run off the Yankees' Chase and Shreve on April 21st. Fast forward to the Coliseum on May 17th, Facing the Rangers' Cole Hamels, Davis began his night at the plate in the same manner he would end it. Here's Chris Davis standing in, and Hamels delivers a breaking ball hit to left. This is way back. Turning around, Rua will watch it fly. And the A's go back to back. Two pitches and two home runs. 2 nothing A's 
as they rock Cole Hamels in the bottom of the second. The Rangers were working toward a 95-win season and an AL West pennant, so they had their share of lumber, too, and future Hall of Famer Adrian Beltre was at the plate. Pitches hit towards center, hit well. Burns giving chase again, and this game is tied up into the camera well to the left of the 400-foot sign as the Rangers go back-to-back -back on Hahn and tie the game at two. Beltre, number seven on the year and number 420 in his career. Continuing his climb to elite slugger, Chris Davis was up in the sixth inning with the A's down by a run, but not after this. Chris Davis at drive left center, Desmond going back, Desmond at the track looking up, he will watch, and the A's have tied it up. Chris Davis hits it out to left center field, his second home run tonight, the A's third round tripper, and here in the bottom of the sixth inning, it's the A's three and the Rangers three. Then in a tie game in the bottom of the seventh, Danny Valencia provided another lead for Oakland. Beltre deep at third. Odor, the second baseman, shading up the middle, and Moreland behind the runner at first. The 2-2, swung on line toward right center, past Odor! A base hit. Here comes Chris. The throw by Mazzara goes to third base. Coco scores standing up, and the A's are in front 4-3. Danny Valencia delivers the RBI single to right center, his second RBI tonight, and his 12th of the year. And that's the final pitch of the night for Cole Hamels. Something off speed and elevated, and Danny just tomahawked it to right center. Two home runs for Chris Davis, a good night, and a building block for the rest of the season. A ninth inning lead for the A's, and Ryan Matson on the mound to close it out except the Rangers weren't done, and Ian Desmond delivered what Texas hoped would be a deciding blow. And here's the pitch, and swung on, hit the left field, hit well, back on it, Davis, turning around, he's at the track, right to the wall, looking up, and it's gone. And that quickly, the Rangers have taken the lead on a back-breaking two-run home run in the top of the ninth inning off the bat of Ian Desmond, and the Rangers lead it 5-4. to four. Sean Tolleson was the Rangers' closer and on for the ninth. And it wasn't easy as he navigated two hits and an intention to walk around two outs to load the bases. Only to face, for one more chance, Chris Davis. Looking for two firsts in his major league career, a walk-off hit and a grand slam. So he decided to put them together on one swing. Anxious moments here. Now Davis, he is ready at the plate. Tolleson staring in, has the side. First base side of the rubber. And again the 2-2. And here it is. And swung and hit the left field deep. Way back. Ruin turning around. He will watch a game-winning grand slam for Chris Davis in the bottom of the ninth inning. Do you believe that? A's 8, Texas 5. And it's Davis's third home run tonight. They're going wild at the Coliseum. At the time, he was the second player in Major League history behind Joey Votto to hit three home runs in a game and finish it with a walk-off grand slam. 
The soft-spoken Davis explained the meaning of the moment to him after the contest. I mean, that's something I'm going to remember for a while, and uh, I'm just happy I could come through for the team. It was it was a, a big uh, situation, and I just tried to stay calm and put a good swing on it. Uh, sitting fastball, um, he just kept pounding me, pounding me, and finally I just didn't miss it. Uh, I fouled one straight back, and I knew I was... I was on him pretty good, so I was just straight within myself. Chris would go on to hit 42 home runs that season, the first of three consecutive years of over 40 home runs, proving the point that he is one of the greatest sluggers in A's history. And he did that on May 17, 2016, on a three-homer night. That's game number 33 in our top 50 countdown. Where do we start? You know, you start from the three pitchers that are here that weren't in big league camp. Start from a catcher playing third, our captain, our leader of the pack getting traded, Cuban playing left, center, back to left, Coco hurt, Coco coming back. I don't know. I don't know how we got here, but um, I think the one way we got here is just following Bob Melvin's lead, listening to uh, what he got to say, being a believer in him. And being a believer in the uh, nine guys who runs out there every single day and get the job done. The Oakland Athletics have been around for over 50 years. Lots of historical moments, playoffs, and World Series wins. Now, it may not be at the top, but the 2012 regular season of A's baseball could be the most exciting in team history. Simply because the unexpected happened and the fans enjoyed a great ride of emotion. And that's why October 1st, 2012... A day the A's clinched the 2012 postseason is number 32 on our top 50 list. 2012 marked the first full season for Bob Melvin at the helm of the A's. He took over in June of 2011, and that team finished with a 14-12 September to close out the year at 74-88. Not exactly a clear blueprint of what was about to come. On June 1st of 2012... The A's were 22-30 and and in the throes of a nine-game losing streak and nine back of first place. A team that included 15 rookies was in no way establishing what was to come. But somehow, someway, it came together. 19-5 in July and 18-10 in August pulled the A's within four of the lead. On September 24th, the Texas Rangers walked off the A's 5-4 to extend the lead to five games with nine to go. After that, the A's were nearly unstoppable. They would sweep the Mariners, setting up a final home series with Texas with two possible, if not unlikely, paths to the postseason. Either as a wild card or winning the division, they needed a sweep for both. Monday night was the opener with rookie Jared Parker on the mound against Martin Perez. Josh Reddick, in his first season with the A's, opened the scoring in the first. Here's the set on the way, swung on, bounced up the middle, into center for a base hit. Coco scores for third, Carter's around second, going to third, a single to center by Reddick, and the A's take a 1-0 lead in the bottom of the first. Perez would balk in the second run, giving Oakland an early 2-0 lead, but the Rangers would get a third-inning runoff of an Elvis Andrews RBI, and one inning later, Michael Young gave Texas a lift. Fastball high, fly ball to right center field. Coco is back at the track near the wall. Jumps at the wall, and this one is gone. Clears the barrier in right center field, and Michael Young is hit it out to tie the game at two. Still tied in the fifth, Oakland's igniter, center fielder Coco Crisp, delighted the fans with two key moments. 
first at the plate. And it's on the way. And Coco swings and drives one to left center for a base hit. Rosales had to wait. He's around third. He's going to come to the plate. He's going to score. Coco dives in the second with a double. And the A's have taken a 3-2 lead. A shot to left center field by Coco Chris. And Rosales scored from second. Coco's two for three tonight. He continues red hot. And the A's lead 3-2 in the fifth. Then with Brandon Moss up, Coco's speed was on display. Napoli sets up inside. Here's the delivery swung on a five-ball center field. Not very deep. Coming on is Hamilton tagging Coco. Going to be a play at the plate. Here's the throw to the plate. And it is not in time. Coco scores. He goes by Napoli to the first base side of home plate. It's a sack fly to center field by Moss. Holding the first was Cespedes. And the A's take a 4-2 lead. Texas got a Mike Napoli home run of the seventh to make it a one-run game, ending the night for Parker, but the A's of 2012 had a dynamic bullpen that stretched their limits to the very end. Sean Doolittle and Ryan Cook recorded six consecutive outs, holding that 4-3 lead. Then, closer Grant Balfour started the ninth and closed it out with style. Grant Balfour. Checks to get a sign, turns, he delivers, and Young swings and misses down and away. He's down on strikes. One away in the ninth, the A's are two outs away. 0-2 to David Murphy. Here's the turn by Balfour, he throws. Outside corner, ring him up, strike three, called. Perfect pitch. Two out, both on strikeouts. That was a fastball just blazing. On the outside edge, taken by Murphy. And now Mike Napoli is coming up. Here's the windup. And the 3-2 swung on a pass. He strikes him out. The A's are back in the postseason. And they're still alive in the division. They're mobbing Balfour. The A's explode out of the dugout. They gather behind home plate. The Oakland A's have beaten the Rangers on this Monday night by the final score of 4-3. And for the Oakland Athletics, their 16th postseason appearance. They vaulted out of the dugout as a group. They celebrate around home plate now. They know they're in the postseason. They've clinched at least a wild card berth. But they're only a game out of first place in the West with two days to play. The A's secured the postseason on this Monday night, but there was unfinished business yet to come, defining the 2012 season as one of the most exciting in A's history. And October 1st, 2012, Oakland beats Texas to reach the postseason. That's game number 32 on our top 50 countdown. It was a clash of pitching versus hitting when the 2003 American League Division Series began in Oakland. The AL West winning A's with 96 wins, hosting the wildcard Boston Red Sox with 95. The A's featured tremendous pitching with a 3.97 team ERA, and the Red Sox topped the American League in averaging 5.9 runs per game. 16-game winner Tim Hudson for Oakland and three-time Cy Young Award winner Pedro Martinez for the Sox. 
It was an instant classic with a dramatic ending, and that's why October 1st, 2003, game one of the ALDS is number 31 on our top 50 list. With an assist from ESPN's Dave O'Brien, David Justice, and Jeff Brantley, that is until the exciting conclusion. For now, we start in the first inning with Todd Walker at the plate for Boston. Here's a 3-1 hit high and deep to right, pulled along the line, sailing to the corner, and it is gone, a home run. Todd Walker touches him on the Red Sox lead at one to nothing. There would be more from him before this night was over. The A's got to Pedro in the third. After a one-out double from Chris Singleton and walk to Mark Ellis, Rubio Durazo put the A's on the board. Well, A's general manager Billy Bean looked like he had robbed another team of a key player as the menace of Moneyball finally landed Durazo, a guy that they've been after for a long time, in a four-team deal last December. And Rubio came out blazing. 24 RBIs in his first 27 games, but then he cooled off quickly. He drove in just 43 over the next four months. Looking for a big RBI here, and he knocks that one toward the alley. Nixon on the move, can't get it. It's up against the fence. Singleton is in. Ellis rounding third. He's going to score. Two runs home. Oakland leads it 2-1. And two batters later, Miguel Tejada set the Coliseum crowd of 50,606 into a frenzy. The middle on a base hit. A single, and here comes DeRosa rounding third. He's going to score. And Atahada slips. He's in a rundown. Hung up between first and second. Millar runs at him. Now Garcia Parra. And they finally tag him out. But he does pick up an RBI. That's three runs on the board for the Oakland A's. And they take the lead. They knock Pedro Martinez around. Three to one. Oakland. But the vaulted Red Sox offense which was shut out by Hudson on a two-hitter back on August 11th, kept coming. And their captain put a charge into one to bring the Red Sox closer. Swinging a high fly ball to right field. That one has a chance. Sailing to the corner, and she's gone. Veritek with a home run. And the Red Sox pull within one. Twice tonight, solo home runs by Boston. They hit 238 of them during the season. That's a club record. Couple of solo shots against Tim Hudson, and it is three to two. A two-out single by Nomar Garcia Parra ended Hudson's night in the top of the seventh, bringing Ricardo Rincon into the game to face Todd Walker. The second baseman would finish his career as an Oakland A in 2007, but on this night, he would not only deliver a four-hit game, he did this to get the lead back for Boston. Here's the two-nothing pitch to Walker, swinging a high fly ball right field. Chavez in 2003 had another stellar season with the bat and the glove. His third consecutive year of over 100 RBIs and a gold glove award. At the bottom of the seventh, he had a chance to get the A's back on the board with the bases loaded against a tiring Martinez. Pedro won the battle with his final pitch of the night. You got Pedro out there. Popped up. Veritek there. Foul ground. He's got it. Veritek clinches it. And despite loading up the bases on a couple of walks and a hits, the Oakland A's cannot produce a run. 
130 pitches for Pedro Martinez. On the last of those, he gets Chavez to pop up, and they leave him jammed. Chavez would still find a way to contribute before the night was over. Still trailing by a run in the bottom of the ninth, Red Sox manager Grady Little was forced to use Alan Embry after Young Young Kim couldn't close it out. Embry faced Durazo, and this moment brought Oakland back to life. Burns leading at second, representing the time run. He's taken off for third. Swing and a slicer. There's Ramirez on the move. falls in for base hit. The run is in. This game is tied. The teams would stay scoreless until the 12th. Gabe Kapler was up with two on and two out, and this is where Chavez shined his golden glove. Hit hard. Oh, what a play. Scooped up off the deck. He dives into third for the first. That ends the inning. The gold lover Chavez with the play of the game. They have saved the game for the Oakland A's. An absolute bullet inside third. How did he catch that? Wow, what a play. Derek Lowe tried to extend the game to a 13th inning, but in the bottom of the 12th, Peter's choice in two walks sent Ramon Hernandez to the plate, and to this day, it's still one of the franchise's most iconic plays and calls from Bill King. Bluff at third by Chavez. And a bunt, third base side. Miller charging, Fairhand picks up. are not involved in the final. It's a Ramon Hernandez surprise special. But the base is loaded and a one-strike count. A quickly dropped bunt, perfectly placed toward third base, allowing Chavez to score the winning run. And the final score in the first game of the ALDS in 12. The A's 5, the Red Sox 4. Four hours and 37 minutes of drama in the first game of the ALDS, won by the A's 5-4. Yes, the element of surprise reigned supreme on that night, October 1st, 2003, Game 31 in our Top 50 Countdown. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.